Queer Kateers, it's me, Evil Jeff, and we've made it to the 84th episode of CBQ Legacy, Comic Book Queers. I'm here with the lovely as ever, Brett. Hello! And uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about comics. Uh, we recently got a tweet, um, and I wanna read it out loud if you don't mind if if you don't mind me in indulging brett i i don't i don't mind when people need to indulge um this is from at the mutant menace and he wrote thank you comic book queers for a relaxed nuanced conversation about uncanny 17 highly recommend this podcast to x fans they say they're a general comic book blog and not exclusively Mm -hmm. x-men but they're mostly kidding themselves about that smiley face how dare you? How <laughs> dare you? We provide balanced... We're like the Fox News of comic book podcasts. Exactly. If, if Fair Trump and balanced. was the X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we've said it. We purport to be a comic book podcast, but we really know this is just a podcast about X-Men, but we really know that this is just a podcast about Emma Frost. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, At Mute Menace. For um, At Mutant Menace has got a great video blog on YouTube that everyone should check out. Um, just very um, succinct and 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 fun reviews of X books. I highly recommend. Hmm. So I'm terrified because we just watched the It Chapter Two trailer. Yeah. Um, with good old Miss Chastain. AKA yes. Dallas Brace was it Howard. Dallas Brace. Dallas Howard. Brace Howard. <laughs> um, AKA we don't even know who the fuck in Dark Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right though. You said it's probably Lalandra uh, uh Cult Ultimate Lalandra. Ultimate Lalandra. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so uh, they just showed a scene, like a creepy ass scene. I wish more trailers would do that. I like the one scene trailer. I just did. Did you like the first It movie? I think we talked about it on here. Yes, right? I loved it. Yeah, like, I, I thought loved it, was great. it. Um, I enjoyed it. Except my boyfriend literally did not watch anything of the movie. He was literally he had his eyes closed. He was buried into like my arm, and I literally was yelling at him like, "You need to watch, like just watch it." nothing is happening he's like that's when the scary part's gonna happen i'm like oh shit but i am uh, notoriously a stoic horror watcher like i will not stoic i cheer and i'm like oh but i just keep my eyes peeled on it the whole time you know I'll, I'll, oh like, no i close a my little eyes. bit yeah i'm i just watch the shit i'm typically not scared when i'm watching a scary movie i'm typically the one that's like laughing at the other people <laughs> um because I have masculinity issues, but <laughs> it chapter one, I was like, "This is fucking scary. This is scary." Well, this is it's the scary that I like because I only close my eyes if it's like cutting and bloody, like if any, it's gross. Yeah, anything gross, then I can't look at it. So I'll like hold yes. my eyes up if I know someone's about to like get surprised 
chopped in the head or something like that. That I can't, yeah. that I don't like. But it isn't, it's all just emotional childhood scariness. And that is, I eat that, I keep my eyes peeled too. It does scare the shit out of me and I end up having nightmares. Um, but uh, I, I would say since we're talking about it, before we get into the actual trailer, I just want to ask you, Brett, have, what is, what like is, did you ever have like a reoccurring nightmare or like what was like one of your oh worst my God. nightmares? Um, this is so cliche, but I had recurring Freddy Krueger nightmares when I was a kid because when I was in like second grade, I slept over Brian Lamb's house. There's always he, Brian Lamb, that fucking kid whose parents lets them watch that shit. Yeah, and we watched it with the whole family, like his parents too. And when you it were seven, my shit. yeah, it fucked my shit up. What it is up with up people? Hard. Yeah. I had to. I came home the, the next first day, one and I was so the first one. Yeah, I was so traumatized that when I when my dad got home from work the next day, I had to draw Freddy Krueger for him because I was so like I couldn't even talk about it, but I needed to like. <laughs> I needed therapy. I needed to talk through. You were like, just either like he hasn't spoken since the incident. <laughs> he hasn't spoken since he went to the. But look lands. at all the drawings. <laughs> thousands and thousands of drawings. Um, yeah, I had recurring nightmares that Freddy Krueger was chasing me. I had a couple Freddy Krueger ones, and those are the few times that I was lucid dreaming, which is worse because if you know it's a dream. It's even scarier because that's where he comes to get you. Uh, right. You're like, oh shit, I'm, I'm on his turf. I always would have a reoccurring dream of... Uh, I had a bunch of reoccurring dreams. One, I always dreamt falling from a great height and then I'd wake up right before I hit the ground. <gasps> Me too. And then I would also have a thing in my old house. The back door had like a, was like a window door. Like there was a big window in the upper half. And I always had dreams where there would be like a killer on the loose. And then I would hear something and then I'd be like, oh, I didn't lock the back door. And as and I, he and he's there and I'm like trying to hold the door closed and I could just see him like staring at me. That was pretty fucking scary. And, I've had uh, nightmares yeah. where someone was staring at me and no matter what I did, close my eyes, put a pillow in front of my face. I could still see. Uh the worst. And I still see the face staring at me. Oh, it's horrible. Um, it leverages another, the trailer leverages another creepy thing that I think I'm totally creeped out by. Ladies. Super scary old ladies. Super scary old ladies. Like the grandma from The Visit. Yeah. You know that one? The M. Night movie? Yeah. That's that his lady best, is so That's the best scary. movie he's made oh, absolutely. since Sixth Sense. I think that and Sixth Sense are the only good movies he made. I actually like that one. I absolutely agree. Uh, that bitch is terrifying, and so is the bitch from the trailer for It Chapter 2. Yeah. When she's talking to Jessica Chastain, and she said, well, you know what they say, uh, when you die in Derry, no one, you know, no one really dies. And then she freezes this creepy smile, just like, it's like she's frozen looking at her, and Jessica Chastain is like, what the fuck? And then she just starts talking again like normal. <gasps> no, it's even scarier before when she, like, walks away to get the, the tea, and then in the very distant background, you just see her starting to like contort in like an evil way. I love Not how in a there's. Good way. I love how now there's like a standard evil 
like contortioned. contortioned. <laughs> yeah. It's more angular. It's more yeah, backward. Yeah. 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 Not like that good contortion. Yeah. Good contortion. That's like pelvic. yoga. That's more it's like, more curvy. Uh, cause you're, when someone contorts, you're either like they're doing yoga or they're an evil demon. <laughs> yeah. And then, so the old lady disappears into the kitchen to get some tea or a cookie, whatever. And Jessica Chastain is looking at pictures on the wall. And that woman, that woman in the kitchen sure does give like, just get out of the shower, forgot to grab a towel and a change of clothes realness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she like scurries by naked. I've been there, honey. I've been there. Yeah. So creepy. Cause you know, what's the scariest thing about an old lady? Nudity. Oh God. Hello. The Scary shining. Do you remember those old jokes with, um, what's grosser than gross that were all about your grandparents? I hate it. Did you ever hear those? <laughs> Of course, I'm an American. What's, what, what's grosser than gross? Your grandma kisses you goodnight and she slips you the tongue. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, those are scary. Old ladies are fucking scary. Yep, and we're going to be one one day. Now, here's the thing that I'm questioning. Was this... I, it's been a long time since I read the book. Sure. Is his daughter in the book? Uh, what do you mean, his daughter? Because that was the reveal... Is that oh, she's I, no, Pennywise's no, 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 daughter? No, no. no, that's not. It's okay. that's Pennywise. It's Mrs. Kirsch. Mrs. Kirsch is a character in the book who is like a old lady. She's like an alternate version of Pen- Pennywise intended to scare Jessica Chastain's character. Okay. It's Mrs. Kirsch. Who's the fuck is Mrs. Kirsch? I just told you. The other thing that they're doing that's in the book, from what I heard, is there's a gay bashing. Um there's a gay couple that dies at the hands of Pennywise. And it's very gay bashy. Um, in, and, the, in the book and, or in the movie? Yeah. Is it going to be? And that movie? scene, that scene was omitted. They did not include that scene in the Tim Curry miniseries, but they are including it in this. Oh. Yeah, it's very gross. Um, but here's the other thing. Did it look like when they were all adults running around, were they all there? Doesn't one kill themselves? Yeah, one himself? kills himself in the beginning. It's the one, I believe it's the one who had the painting, like the painting came to life. Oh, the Modigliani painting. Yes. Yeah. That was fucking scary. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, God, this movie scares me. Oh, thank God it's bright out. I'd be terrified. Ooh. Ooh, scary. You know what else it's is so scary? You know what else is scary? the zeitgeist in america yeah yeah i think um america's sick right now particularly in the nerd circles well i think this is a big moment right now we are having what is possibly the biggest show and the biggest movie in the past decade were happening at the same time yeah and i think nerd fandom can't handle it it's peak geek right now with Game of Thrones and Endgame and nerd fandom. Uh, and it's not even just those alt-right boys, uh, the Mama's Basement boys. It's not just those angry incels. Like, I'm on a gay geeks Facebook group, for example. Yeah. And there are just threads of people like, I th- like the post is like, I thought Endgame sucked. And then there's like hundreds of comments agreeing. Yeah. What are we doing? I, yeah, I, I, I think the problem is, is 
people hold on to certain expectations. And I, I recently yes. talked to people where, and I think the other thing is people are comparing the two when they're completely different things. Do you mean comparing Game of Thrones to Especially, Endgame? yes. Especially because it was the Battle of Winterfell and the battle and the final battle in Game and Endgame, you saw yep. these two huge epic kind of in years, decades in the in the long yeah. making meeting of 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 villains and heroes. And I think up. people were comparing the two and there sure. was and it's just apples and oranges it's just like they're and there's all the people that hated uh game of thrones because it was too dark it was simply because i'm like well you didn't change the settings on your television right do you know what i did i watched it in a hotel room i turned my lights off and i could see it fine so shut up everybody watch it in the dark like but you're supposed to most tvs have like an auto contrast and smoothing thing and you have to right. just turn them off when you're watching a movie and oh, I'm helpless. To do that. My TV has all these controls. It's too dark. I'm helpless. Yeah. Everyone's so angry and helpless in fandom these days. Yeah, but I talked to the, the, my two friends, and they recently, um, they, they, when I hung out with them, they told me that they did not uh, like Endgame. Why? Like, why? Why are you doing this to yourself, people who don't like Endgame? Just be happy. It's great. What the fuck is wrong with it? Um, here's the deal. It's expectations. Oh God. If we get into... Okay. <clears throat> they okay. And I will say I understand it a bit because when we saw Happy Death Day 2... Oh my God, so good. But I had problems with it because I felt the time travel stuff... I felt everyone should have started reliving their days. So I saw the, because of what I saw in the trailer, I felt that there was a potential that the movie didn't have. So I was disappointed. So I found yes. out the, they had expectations when they started to go get the other time stones. They were both thought it was lame that they just went back in time to the old movies. And they felt it would have been more interesting if they went to other dimensions, other realities, like, oh, here's the world where Captain America is an agent of Hydra. Here we're gonna go get the the power stone in this world where in this Thor world where this is the thing. You know what I mean? Sure. And they they saw this potential of what it could have been, and so they just felt what they were watching was lame. But then they agreed the end battle scene was amazing. But then yeah. they f and then they also felt, which I can agree with, that it took way, it was way too much boring setup in the beginning, which I can understand. It and wasn't boring. It was tragedy. Like ha like, it was the the biggest death experience of all time. Like people were mourning. People were not okay. Like, if they just would have breezed by, like, okay, everyone's sad. Let's get to the fighting. That movie would have sucked. I don't know. There's People don't some, have taste. But, no, it's not that. It's that we don't... I don't need to see every character reacting to it every character re-meeting and every character giving each other the long thousand yard stare i was like speed it up come on get to it sure but or, I'll, I'll give yeah. you this you are absolutely 1000 percent correct to say it comes down to expectations i mean hell expectations determine whether people are happy or angry in life like yes. not just movies like Everything, being upset, always, 
always, always, always comes down to expectations. And actually, this is a weird segue. Uh, this is a weird tangent I'm going to take. At my job, we had to take a class, a workshop on having crucial conversations, like training on how to have difficult conversations, like respectful, direct, difficult conversations when you don't like the way things are happening, you don't like the way people are behaving. And it, this, it, it said the source of us being upset with others is that we, A, expect something, and then B, kind of write a story in our head. We make assumptions. We either assume that so-and-so is acting a certain way because of the story I just wrote in my head, or we assume that something is going to happen a certain way because of the story we write in our heads. And honestly, I think that's a problem, that we keep writing stories in our heads, and the internet kind of activated that. It made it tangible. Like, people could write down their prediction, their theory, and they could feel right, and that they're smart, and they've analyzed it better than other people. We've activated this bullshit human behavior that we have of writing stories and making assumptions, and then when those things don't happen, we get upset. Rather but than then, just But the worst part listening. is, you have a separate faction of then... Well, you can't win because then if you do follow it, then there's the people that get angry that you're catering to fan base theories and that you're lame and predictable. Right. So you're fucked no matter what you do. And that leads me to Game of Thrones where people got very pissed off. And remember, we give away spoilers. If you haven't watched Game of Thrones, then you're an idiot. Arya Stark kills the Night King in the third episode. And everyone assumed, including me, because I, I'm, I'm I have money down on a... I have a Deadpool uh, Game of Thrones like thing that I'm playing with all <laughs> Ooh, the people I'm watching it. it with, where we actually write who dies in what episode by who, and you get certain points if you get certain things right. I thought the Night King, I thought that was all going to be the end of the ep- like the end of the series. I thought that was going to be the last thing battling the Night King. But no, it's all just going to be about Cersei. So Arya kills the Night King, and people got pissed off. Well, the other reason is, I don't, I don't watch much Game of Thrones, but I watch enough. They set it up so that per our expectations, per the stories that we're used to, it's Jon Snow that was going to kill the Night King. Yes. And it's not. And that's the thing is people get pissed off. Also, the fact that it's like, wow, Game of Thrones, this is the show that killed off its main character, like, what, five episodes in? This is the one, as soon as you think, oh, the show is going like this, it takes a left turn. Like, that's its M.O. So the that's fact, why you like it. That's the fact at the end, oh, we fucked you over and Arya kills the Night King in the third episode. So the whole thing of what you thought it was is not what it is. You can't be mad at that because that is what the show is about. And, just pisses and me it off. just goes to what I was saying, because people were writing the story in their head rather than listening and watching what was given. If you didn't go off and start writing what you think should happen in your head, you would know that they've been setting Arya Stark up to be the one for years. Yeah. Yeah. Pay attention. I think the other thing, there, I was reading this thing about... Um, how law and orders are written. And when you write a law and order, there's actually two types of law and order scripts. And it's written because of 
special guest stars, they had to change how the script was written. Because whenever there was a famous person on, do you know why, Brett? No. Because usually who was the famous person in... The killer. Yeah. (laughs) So they realized when you start writing a famous person episode, you can't write it, who's the killer? (laughs) Because there was like an early one where before they kind of started realizing this, where it's just like, oh, in the background, there's Jane um, Kazmowski or whatever you say her name. And you're like, oh, oh, she did it. Oh, there's a famous actress standing in the background who hasn't been shown up. Like, oh, she's the killer. <laughs> so yeah. they actually had to write two different scripts where one where the audience knows who it is, but you still want them to think that they don't know who. Like, it's one where the audience is happy that they're like, oh, I know what's going on. Yeah, I figured it out. And then there's ones where they write the script where the audience is like, oh, what? That's what it is? Oh, I never realized. They literally go ahead being like, oh, here's one where the audience knows what's going to happen and one where it's not. And it's two different types of satisfactions that a viewer has watching it. And I, and I feel like people just can't accept, like, just enjoy the thing you're watching. Just enjoy the thing you're watching. Or don't. Yeah. But... And don't enjoy it because it was weak or it was cliche. Uh, don't not enjoy it because it's not what you wanted to happen. If it's ju- if you're just like it wasn't my thing, I was bored. Then I'd respect that. Fine, because I can't control what you're bored by. But if your if your problem is that's total bullshit, yeah, then, then fuck you, fuck <laughs> off. Exactly. You know what I? You know what? Actually, this is interesting that we're talking about this because when I saw the new Star Wars trailer. I f- and I saw the title. I didn't know what the title was um, going into the trailer. And I saw the title was The Rise of Skywalker. I, my assumption, the story I'm writing in my head, is that this is pandering to all of the gross Star Wars fans that came so hard for The Last Jedi. Yeah. Because it did not meet the story beat expectations that they wanted. Did you they like wanted, the last Star Wars movie? I loved it. Yeah, I liked it too. I loved it. People hate because on I didn't that need. Shit. I didn't need Daisy to be a Kenobi. Oh, I and think that's they're why totally making. It. They're make, she. I think the rise of the Skywalker means that it turns out. Uh, was it Snoke like lied and that she totally is a Skywalker. But I feel that that's pandering to the audience. Oh, I agree. But I think that's what this is leading to. Yeah. And well, I think it's total course, pandering. It's well, like, just hello, kidding. We're going to do all the things you want. Who do you think the wanted. director is? It's JJ. JJ's the king of pandering. South Park did a whole season yeah. about how JJ is a panderer. <laughs> I prefer Ryan Johnson's The Last Jedi to any sort of pandering that we may get. <sighs> fan service. That's fan service. But it's it's fan service to sh- to shut those jackals up. Yeah. So that they'll go to the freaking theme park, which sounds amazing, by the way. Anyway, fans, just be fans. Don't be ghostwriters. Be fans. Yeah, it's fucking annoying. And don't waste your time on the internet 
complaining about the semantics that led you to be so angry into not liking a movie. They got time travel all wrong. So, like, shut the fuck up. No, they didn't. And it wasn't confusing. Well, that's it's the very th- simple. All you had to do is listen. Yeah. And you just have to... But that is the thing where sometimes it's like, do you buy... What What are you... Because suspe- guess what? There's fucking magic powers. There's fucking dragons. There's fucking Iron Man suits. There's uh, Infinity Stones. You're all okay with that. But then there's people that literally have drawn maps of the castle to the tree and are talking about how Arya could have never gotten to the tree in time. <laughs> Fuck off. Like You're just like, you need to have sex. Yeah, you need to embrace the actual world. If you're that, if you're that steeped in possibility and math... Get out there to the actual world but where it meets but all, all your expectations. At the same time, there's times where people do things like Battlestar Galactica did something where then I could not suspend my disbelief anymore. When they made the Earth was actually a, not our Earth, like their Earth that they came from wasn't our Earth and that the Earth they found in the end was it, so it was all took place thousands of years in the past. That was the dumbest thing that ever happened and I hated it and I could not abide by it. So I can be the same way. So do, have you ever, has there ever been like a twist or anything in a, in a show or movie where you're like, no, I'm not buying I mean, this. I will never forget watching the clock during the final episode of Lost. Oh, being, Lost. There's oh. 10 minutes left. There's nine minutes left. There's seven minutes left. Like when no. are all the explanations coming? And you're like, it's not happening. And, I was and enraged. Well, my whole thing is it was like, so it was one of those things like they're not in purgatory. Like they, they kept saying they're not in purgatory. Yeah, and in were. the end, they were like, they're not in purgatory. They were just in this like holding place and then deciding right. where they were going to end up. And you're like, that's fucking purgatory, you fucking piece of shit. It was purgatory the whole time. The guy's name was Christian Shepherd for fuck's sake. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, no, I mean, we're guilty of it, but we need to be better because there's just so much fucking ugliness about fiction out there, and it's really toxic. And it's sadly, it's Trump's fault. I think everyone's so upset about Trump, and because they can't control it, we want to escape. And so we are putting way too high, we're putting much too emphasis on our escapism, and it's pissing us off because we can't deal with actual reality. Trump can, you know, like, he could literally... It just he could commit genocide and we wouldn't act but let's let's make ray uh <laughs> a nobody and really piss everybody off let's not have the emperor return after we heard that laugh that'll get him in the streets ah <laughs> uh, oh my god why can't everyone just be like us and love everything that we choose to touch i'm trying to think has there ever been a time where we remove review a movie where we like we're like hated it never never no we always try to find the good and the bad there's only one thing i truly hate one thing and that's gwyneth paltrow You can rest now. We're okay. And even she didn't ruin Endgame for me. How about that scene where Gwyneth, Shuri, and Wasp blast Thanos onto his ass? I yeah. just saw Endgame for the third time. and uh, whew, Oh, that moment. 
Was there anything new that you noticed? Little, like, funny lines um, where I'm like, oh, God, that is Loki, the funniest goddamn line in the movie. And I'm not realizing it until now. Wait, like, do you when... mean Loki or Loki? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> L-O-W space K-E-Y. <laughs> okay. Um, like, when War Machine and Nebula are going into the Temple of the Power Stone and the door opens. And he's like, whoa, 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 what do you do? This place is booby trapped. This is where spikes shoot out. And Nebula's just like... What are you talking about? I know. He's like, don't you ever, ever watch? She's like, oh my god. Just little things like that. Are, are so but that's like, they're funny, but they also lead up to the whole idea of expectations where they're like, stop comparing this to other movies because we're not following those rules. And really, what a theme. Yeah. That I don't think really people have talked about in Endgame. Stop comparing us to other movies is such a theme in that movie. We're not your dad's superhero movie. <laughs> it's incredible. Um, the other thing I noticed was how great when they're back in time, Tony and Steve, they're at the Avengers one ending and it's where they're taking Loki away right before they get into the elevator and Loki transforms into captain America just to make fun of the thing he just said. Yeah. Chris Evans delivery of that line playing Loki, playing Cap, is the funniest goddamn thing. <laughs> His face, like, it's so funny. Ugh, it's such a blink-and-you-miss-it moment, but it's genius. What's next for Chris Evans? He's shooting a movie called Finding Jacob or something? That sounds... I hate gerund movies. Any movie with a gerund Oh, I know. Oh, my God. I hate them. No. I hate them. If your movie title has the I-N-G ending and a verb, oh it's my garbage. God. Forgetting Sarah Marshall, eating Raul, finding Nemo, um, teaching okay. Mrs. Tingle. Yeah, Romeo is Hate bleeding. It. That's not one. That is a movie. You've never seen Romeo is bleeding. That's not a gerund. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> no, but it's gerund's name. That one's a stretch. <laughs> well, because it's at the end. Yes, Romeo is bleeding is actually good. <laughs> That was during that like cool nineties indie, yeah. Like, the professional, and, yeah. yeah. All right, we all right. Just, let's talk, talk some comics. Let's get off our soapbox. Can we talk about TV? Okay. Okay. What's on TV? Um, never in my life did I ever think I would see Grant Morrison the TV show. Yeah. But we got it. I just watched two episodes of Doom Patrol that had flex fucking mentallo in them and what a time to be alive because it's it's one of those things where you're like i f i always wonder like if someone was like and now we're gonna have these superheroes and people are like what how come these have not been made into t in, into tv before like they're just the, those characters were just aching to be portrayed they're so imaginative. We haven't talked about Doom Patrol in a while. We have talked about Danny the Street. But like Flex Mentallo, there have been other characters that we have popped up in that show. Donna Spinner. Isn't that Dorothy. her? Dorothy Spinner. Dorothy Spinner. Donna Summer. And a, and a very different take on her. In fact, it wasn't until halfway through the episode where I went, oh, this is Dorothy Spinner. Yeah. So this is an episode that... Um, follows niles calder the chief played by the a wonderful timothy dalton it's a flashback 
of when he what led up to him being stranded in the woods um he, he was, was with the department of, of normal of, of oh his oddities and then he got they were looking for i guess who dorothy spinner was because they felt there was some kind of like abominable abominable i can't say that word yeah, um, no one can. Fabulous snowman. And they were like on the search for it. And then there was a wolf attack and they got sep- he got separated yes, from, his partner. from his partner. And Dorothy Spinner uh, took care of him. And that's when, and they kind of like fell in love. When, so she's in, like, you know, she is a, a Cro-Magnon Neanderthal. She's a very hairy female. And they sure did start having sex. I was like, good for this show. I know. After spending years in a cave, like together in the woods and she nursed him back to health and they, they fought and they, they were just having a moment and looked in each other's eyes and boom. And then Nature took over. But then by the time his partner found him, it was no longer the department of oddities and it was the department Oof. of normalcy. And it looked like turn. everything changed. So I always, uh, did they, and they haven't really shown, I'd be interested in like what happened in that time period. Yeah, definitely a Republican takeover. And so I'm, I'm thinking is, so is Dorothy Spinner, whatever she did to him, did she do something to him that he isn't aging? Maybe. Because he's the one character that I don't understand why he's not aging. Right. All the other ones, their powers, you can justify why they're not aging. Yes. But he, I can't. So it's interesting. But then uh, Niles is kidnapped, and they finally... And and then uh, they have to find Flex Mentallo, because Danny the Street told them to find him that's he's the key to finding niles uh flex mentality probably so they because find he him. can like oh he can flex and open up a gateway to whatever weird he, dimension yeah Mr. he Nobody's said he can in. open up a i can open up a door to anywhere if i flex and then uh but then it looks like uh cyborg gets captured by the department of normalcy yes he's captured and actually um during his capture, he has a. It seems like he's got some sort of virus in him where his operating system uh, is showing him some pretty horrible moments of his past over and over, uh, revealing awful things about his father who he's never really trusted. Which this whole show, I'm like, this guy's great. Like, could we stop vilifying Silas Stone, Victor Stone, yeah. Cyborg's dad? He seems pretty cool. And they, but at the same time, he's also took himself offline because it looked like he was slowly becoming all machine. Right. So we find out that all of these things are kind of machinations um, from his dad, like all things his dad did to him, which just makes Cyborg's anger grow to the point where he beats his dad within inches of his life while his dad is trying to rescue him. And then we find out that all of the things he saw that vilified the father were made up by Mr. Nobody. And Mr. Nobody got Cyborg to practically kill his own dad. Very sad. But here's one of the amazing things of why I love this show. And I don't know the exact line, but there's a part where they were all in like kind of like a war room discussing like the ramifications of having a, like they actually kidnapped Cyborg, who's a legitimate known famous superhero. And as they were talking, yeah. there's like this weirdo general. Oh my God, this guy. And what is he? He says like, protect the butts. 
He like, said, we mustn't anger the butts. Oh, we mustn't anger the butts. And then you're he's like... He's part of like this leadership council of the Department of Normalcy. What? He's like a general. He's military. He's eating a Big Mac. He's very weird. And this is like, as, as a comedian, there's something called a callback. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the callback... The ju- the bet the best type of callback is when your initial thing is so weird that it stays in the person's mind to the point where they forget about it, and you wait so just at the right length of time that when the callback happens, you're like ah. And at the end of this fucking episode, when they release all the doors and all the prisoners, a bunch of monster butts are released. <laughs> I love that. As soon as he said we mustn't anger the butts, I think everyone who saw that deep down inside pictured little monster butts with sharp teeth and arms and legs, thinking, nah, it can't be that. No, it's that. <laughs> yeah, I just thought he was a crazy person. <laughs> I and then when the butts are freed and, and running all over the Department of Normalcy building, he does like exactly what like as a comedy writer i would have done yeah had the guy like make that character be like well gentlemen (laughs) it was it was great serving with you and then he blows his brains out (laughs) exactly correct see oh i wrote that story and it happened so i'm happy (laughs) but it's just it's just so fucking funny i yeah it's the perfect blend of like comedy and sci-fi and weirdness and and then character development real character moments like part of them getting ready to face mr nobody which it seems like this episode ended with them finally coalescing as a superhero team ready to go in there and save their guy um mr nobody who's the meta narrator as well as the villain is like god it took like 10 episodes for them all to get over their whiny shit. I know. Finally, so we good. have a superhero show. I was like, oh, this is so good. But I just love the fact that he knows it's a show. And it's just because that's who that character is, Mr. No. And it's also very Grant Morrison. I mean, this is the guy who wrote Animal Man. And the whole point of Animal Man was that Animal Man knew he was in a comic book. Yeah. And would communicate with Grant Morrison up there in the sky. I love it. It's we great. had Dorothy Spinner. We've got Flex Mentallo, who, by the way, choke me, Daddy. Um, yeah, and hot. then, ooh, he's so hot. We have beard As Flex Mentallo should be, and the Beard Hunter. Ah, so weird. Which that character was not. That's like a, a wonderful spin on. Yeah, that's a definitely like a updated <laughs> version. Um, and then, oh, an and animal, mineral, vegetable man. Oh, an animal, mineral, vegetable man. Don't worry, he was shot in just the mineral parts. <laughs> that He's okay. was so fucking funny. And he, oh, God damn. But great. you know what the next episode is called? What? Penultimate Patrol. Oh. Which means there's only two episodes left. Wah. Ah, but then that probably means Titans will come back. Titans will come back, and and that that knight who died for the Dragon Queen will be Bruce Wayne. Yeah. What do you think she whispered? To, oh, you did, probably didn't watch the next episode. I didn't watch the episode after. No. Well, someone got their head chopped off. Yeah, I know. I know who. Anyway, 
Uh, yeah, it's not Doom cool. Patrol. It's good stuff. We did watch one other one that I want to briefly because we said we don't hate <laughs> we don't hate anything. Well, there are exceptions to the rules. I yes. watched because I missed the magicians already, and someone told me like, oh, there's like a ma- magic a new magic show on Netflix yeah, called The Order. The Order. How many episodes did you watch? Brett? I think four. What? You watched Three, that four? many? I watched one. Yeah. One no, I kept and going. done. Oh, it gets so much worse. Okay, first of all, and I know this is going to sound shallow, the main character is very ugly. He's not attractive oh. at all. Oh, I think he's okay. Oh, I would not fuck him with a 10-foot pole. Oh, my God. That, that does not... The bad, the bad guy, like the the guy. It was like the hottest guy got killed, and I was like, "Fuck you!" Uh, like uh, all the cute guys kept being killed in the beginning. It, the order is so badly written. It really is, and badly acted. Literally, the head girl, like the who's supposed to be like the girl that's already in the order, that's the love interest. Alyssa. She, I like if I. I would give um, Crystal from the Inhumans an, oh my God, an I was Emmy. Just <laughs> an Emmy! If those were the two people nominated. She's no Crystal, Alyssa. Oh, she's awful. And then just the fact that all their classmates are being murdered and no one bats like, an eye. There's not yeah. even one bit of like, oh, this person died? Okay. I'm like, if you started college and your dorm mate was murdered, the whole everyone would be freaking out. Like, it was just so unrealistic. The writing was so bad. And then they would do jokes that just fell flat and the oh. magic was dumb. And then there was like werewolves and I just yep. did not care. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. It um, it's so vague. Like it's tr- it 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 is trying to keep certain mysteries alive. You're like, I don't fucking care. I don't care what the thing is. And I think a lot of it also stems from I felt the direction is so bad that it just took away from any sort of ability to do any kind of fun pacing or mm-hmm. or stakes. Like and Netflix. Netflix is really bad at getting like good directors. Yeah. Like a lot of their stuff, they spend so much money on getting the talent and maybe like the script that when you the actually writing, the, yeah. the direction of it is actually usually really like like you feel like you're just watching Basic. like a t- like like a Law and Order episode or something. It's just very there's nothing cinematic about it. Hill House had great direction. Well, yeah, there's always exceptions to the rules. But uh, a lot of it is just like garbage and it's pissing me off. Yeah, um, definitely not going to scratch that magician's itch. <sighs> I did. We want, but it got picked up for a season two, so that's good. Somebody's watching it. I did. There is something, if I can segue into comics, that I thought maybe Please. would scratch my magician's itch. Comic books. I read an image comic called Blackbird. God, you are so deep in image these days. I am. Uh, and it's written by Sam Humphreys, who's done like Harley Quinn, Nightwing. And the artist is Jen Bartell. And it has this very like 80s Nagel almost feel to the art, mm-hmm. which I love. 
mm-hmm. and every all the colors of the of the covers are all just like hot pink purple and turquoise and as a gay that speaks to me you know uh, absolutely but it basically takes place with a girl from la and from what i'm reading i think she's in north hollywood where i live uh. and uh when she was a kid there was a big earthquake and uh when they ran outside which there was the one thing where i'm like do these people live in la because you're not supposed to run outside they were like earthquake run outside i'm like that's not what you're supposed to do and a whole like a highway bridge collapses and is about to fall on top of them and uh-huh. this like 40 foot lion magical ghost creature comes and saves everybody but then this fairy comes around and just starts going to every human being that sees it and just goes, forget, 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 forget. And she does it to her sister and her family. And she goes to her and goes, forget. And then she just goes, because everyone goes, I forget. And then she just goes, I forget. But she doesn't forget. And so then it takes place 10 years later. And it's fucked her whole life up and she's a drug addict bartender living on her sister's couch. She's a complete failure at life because she's like, no, there's wizards and there's magic. And everyone's like, you're a basket case. (laughs) And it's basically, it just picks up with her finally finding a wizard and seeing that lion creature again after 10 years and her trying to like, She's basically her being like trying to prove that wizards are real. Okay. But the one thing that I like so far, and I don't know if it's leading to it, it's not like you're the chosen one that needs to help us. Like, I like that. It's kind of not that it's just some nobody who's like, Oh wait, I want to be part of this. That's fun. It's fun. That's fun. Yeah. Sounds like the order. (laughs) It is, but it's, uh, I think the fact that it's like, it kind of realistically shows that if someone's obsessed with this, that this is what their life would be like. They'd probably be resorting to drugs because everyone thinks they're crazy. Yeah. It's just darker. I like it. Very cool. And the fact that she, there was one part where she literally mentions the street across the street from me where she's like, there can't be wizards on Lancashire Boulevard. I'm like, that's where I live. And That's so, so cool. Yeah. It's oh my nice. God. It must be amazing to have comic books take place in the um, you, city that you live yeah, in. Yeah. That's you. I feel like that has to be <laughs> dead to you because it's literally all. What neighborhood do you live in? Harlem. Luke oh, Cage Harlem. territory. Oh, okay. Because that's where it's all gay in Hell's Kitchen now. And I feel like Daredevil yeah. has yet to address that. Right? Um, the Spider Man PS4 game has rainbow flags in the Hell's Kitchen area. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's no. That would be hilarious if one day you're just like the daredevil we didn't realize existed. Then he's like, "Here I am in Hell's Kitchen, just riddled with faggots." <laughs> and you're just like, <laughs> "Wait, what?" <laughs> oh my god! It really is though. Um, like in Endgame, there's the great scene where Tony and Natasha are on, like they're laying down on the desk, and Hulk is on the floor, and they're trying to figure out where like what time tra- to travel to to get stones yeah and uh they're like where does strange live um and tony's like sullivan he's on sullivan and the hulk's like no he's on it's i think he's on bleaker yeah he's on he's on bleaker yeah great place in the village bleaker uh and then natasha's like wait he lives in new york and tony's like no toronto like i just love that <laughs> trying to figure out which street he's on i'm like ooh, 
I'm on Sullivan and Bleecker all the time. I live Do, in Manhattan. I doing, matter. Doing gay things. Is Sullivan oh, and Bleecker yeah. gay? Because is the village the still village. gay? Is the village still gay though? Yeah, but it's it's like it's now a gay theme park. Well, I was going to say, like, it, it has gay things to do, but gays don't live there anymore. Right. Because that's and how Boys Town is in Chicago. Right. Like, if you go to, let's say, Marie's Crisis or another gay bar, famous gay bar in the village, it's all fucking breeders in line to get in and just gawk at it. Ugh, breeders. The worst. Breeders. Ugh. Ew. Well, speaking of ew... Ew. Ew. I read a DC book. Ew, me too. Oh my god, my stomach. <laughs> Actually, I think we read the same book, so this will be we nice did. and quick. We read Wonder Twins number four and You had read we both the, loved it. You've read number three too, right? You oh yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm all caught up. Uh, uh what, it's great. what a cute smart book. It's so much fun. It really is. It's super fun. It's super smart. It's great satire. And I kind uh, of love good Zan. jokes. Me too. I love them both. I love Zan and Jaina. No, what even? They're like he reminds. They're like Bart and Lisa Simpson. Know who Zan almost in a weird way reminds me of? There's like he reminds me of a of long shot. Yeah. And that he's just totally. so... He's always like, oh, this happened, but whatever. I kind of loved how... the Because this last episode is... a They both go out on dates. And it's kind of yep. like, this is what it's like being a superhero dating. And uh, Jaina accidentally dates a supervillain called Red Flag. Of, <laughs> which is amazing. That's amazing. I'm on a date with someone named <laughs> Red so Flag. Good. Yeah. And then uh, Zan goes out with uh, just some girl from high school. Who ends up getting back together with her ex-boyfriend during the date. On the date. And he, the way he reacts, he's like, oh, it's cool. Oh, I'm just young. It's great. We'll be yeah. friends. And I have a friend for life. Otherwise, we would have just dated for a few weeks. And then it would have been over. And I'd never see her again. It's great. Like, he's so Totally just like Australian everything. outback long shot who had this naive, optimistic, innocent point of view about everything. And I love that they're just battling the League of Annoyance. Is that what they're called? The yes. League? Are they League? Yes. And they're the worst super maybe Legion. characters ever. Except, like, I love the one guy, Scrambler, who's got an actual useful power to switch minds with people, but they never let him use it for anything. Well, then he's like, I'm going to switch minds with the president. They're like, oh, we don't have money to get you to We don't have money to banquet. get to DC. <laughs> yeah. I um, also just love the name Antifetamine. <laughs> yes. Who oh my God. Does, she doesn't have a power. She's just like... A, no. She's just like a, a cranked out nanny. <laughs> yeah. Back to the red flag, though. I just like... There's one scene where Zan calls Jaina and is like, how's your date going? And she's like, yeah, red flag is arguing with the server because there was something wrong with the order. <laughs> <laughs> so that is such a red flag mm -hmm. yeah super smart super funny like it just makes some great points you know very satirical um everybody should be reading wonder twins how about her friend who's walking down the street cures test testicular cancer in her mind but then gets catcalled and, and distracted and forgets what she was thinking about <laughs> 
I will say that's one of the weirdest twists I've ever read in a comic. And it was like, what, why does she want to think while she walks home? He's like, probably thinking about boys. And then she's like, testicular cancer. And you're like, yeah, what? It's so funny. It's I like mean, deeply funny. But I think the deeply part is that she was thinking about boys. But her way of thinking about boys right. sexually is th- trying to solve testicular cancer. Oh, it's so good. But is that an actual character, Philo Math? Uh, I don't know. New to me. All right. It's great. How about how about they're at the um, supervillain mixer, and in the background is Scarecrow spritzing his fear gas into someone's face and says, it's kiwi-scented, see? That's this book. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. It's great. It's great. It's great. It's great. I give it... Ew. Just I give one. it ew. Just one. It's ew. wonderful. It's great. Keep it coming. Um, now let's keep it coming. Um, written by Mark Russell, pencils yeah. by Stephen Byrne. Yeah. Let's dive into some uh, Marvel comics, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Kind of a light week, I feel. One thing that you didn't read that I read, I definitely want to talk about um, the latest Captain Marvel. Yes. How was that? It Rogue was the conclusion Carol, with Rogue and Carol. It was, it was just beautiful because they kind of had this like heart to heart. And even though there's other there's other Captain Marvels where they met up it, again, but it's just, I just, I just love it. Uh, like it's they, they basically beat the bad guys, and afterwards, as they were, you know, in the cleanup process of everything, they just she just was like, hey. And I'd never seen anyone take this this take before. And she was like, hey, I know we're probably never going to be friends and there's still so much bitterness, but like you, like we really worked well as a team and like you've turned out to be a real good hero. And Rogue's like, well, I realized it's because you were in my head. You're the only reason I became good. Like it's because Carol was inside me. That was the only thing that led me to good. And then Carol was like, well, you probably would have become good eventually. And she's like, I don't know if I would. And she's like, and it doesn't matter. And I've never like thought of that before of like, that's like, that's the, and it was just this really cute thing of then them kind of come. And then, and then Carol was like, you know what, but you're an amazing hero now. And then Rogue was like, it means so much for you to say that to me. And I was like, oh, like it was just really sweet. It was really sweet. I loved Mm, it. It's Kelly Thompson. Yep. What I like about Kelly Thompson's writing is she doesn't invent new stuff. She goes back to what was already laid out. Because it's all there. Stories it's all there. And explo- exactly. I mean, it's improv 101, right? Like, it's just all there already. Just dive into it. And, and, she, and this villain she has, Nuclear Man, his son betrayed him and decided to go with the good guys but then in the last issue he was like well fooled you you have a bomb like i implanted a bomb and then as they're going on like she hulk and like and captain marvel are like we know it has to be the sun like he planted a bomb in his son and then suddenly the sun's hand starts to glow and he's like did my dad put a bomb in me and they're like yeah we think so and he's like fuck we'll just kill me and he's like fuck my dad there's like so there's this whole entire other dynamic with the bad guy of the father-son fucked up relationship 
And the sad thing is, is in the very end, when a nuclear man disappears, um, he teleports away before they can capture him. He grabs his son and teleports the son away, too. And you're like, oh. Oh. And they're like, oh, I guess we have to save him. But it's a really good book. I highly recommend it. Beautiful. Um, There was a speaking of rogue. Well, tell me about X-Force. You didn't read X Force? No, I think I'm done. Well, it's it's really there. I'll say is the one interesting thing is it it was taking up. There's an actual asterisk where then it goes. Please read the adventures of Phoenix and Cyclops, or or Jean Grey and Cyclops. So it's all referencing that old. That's so old. Yeah, because it's literally taking you to the time of when Cable was raised. I've never liked the cable st- stuff. Like the whole cable verse. Yeah. Never cared Which for it. Which is why I can't read once. Major X about Cable's son and an right. alternate like, future. Right. Like I don't care about any of it. Like the Adventures of Cyclops and Phoenix, like Red and Slim, Mother Ascani, all of it. That's I all. Well, care. guess what? I never did. Well, guess what this whole <laughs> issue is about? Oh. Mother Ascani. So Strife, because it's talking about how Strife, in that comic book, Strife was being raised by Apocalypse but then got turned away because he, he found out he was a clone. And Apocalypse was like, I don't want you anymore. So Strife is so bitter about that. He's now like captured Cable. He's unleashed the legacy virus on him. So the so all of the metal is just like all growing like tentacles all over his body. This is such cliche Cable shit. I swear to God. I know. And he has Rachel and they finally deprogrammed Ahab out of Rachel, but she's basically just like a a vegetable. And so this psychic takes over her body and does this call out. And it's like, it's me, Mother Ascani, I've returned. So all of the Ascani clan go and she's like, meet me in this woods. So they all go to this woods and Strife is basically telling Cable like, oh, I'm going to murder all the Ascani. And that's like kind of where it ends is he's about to murder all the Ascani. And I know you're like, who cares? Which is kind of... Who yeah. cares? Yeah. Don't care. Yeah, I'm done with X-Force. I don't care. I've X-Force, you have been dropped. <laughs> and there's only one other X-Book. Yeah, Apocalypse and the Extract. Which also, Age I'm like... Of X-Man. Oof. Oh, let's go into Omega Red. Snooze. Oh, Lord. And then Dazzler has her Thor hammer. Well, I think she just made a hammer out of solid light. I don't like any of this. She really fucked up Omega Red, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't care for any of it. The extracts, I really don't care for it. I mean, all of Age of X-Men, I think the only one I'm really connecting with is the extremists. Um, and Next Gen. I think Next Gen is the, my favorite one. Yeah. And a Prisoner X is okay. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Um, it, Marvelous X-Men just feels like it's just more of the same over yeah, and over. It's, yeah. Like it's, it's just a flat line of a book. But it's like, let's do five separate books of people realizing they're in an alternate dimension that we already know yeah, like is the, the case. Moment, the moment where Kid Genesis, Kid Apocalypse, whatever his name is, is like, he reveals to uh, iBoy, like... <gasps> Sometimes I see visions of a different world. I'm like, oh my god, okay. Yeah. Oh my god. Stop okay. it. Okay. We get it. 
we get, get it. it. You're having... in another world. Oh Lord, have mercy. But prisoner, I'd rather everyone X, wakes up in the middle. Pru, uh, prisoner X threw a, a thing in there where they were kind of talking about, well, someone has to be helping him. And that's when it cut to Forge, because she was like, he has to have an accomplice. And it cut to Forge, and I didn't just know if it meant Forge because he's running the thing, or if Forge knows, and he's still yeah. helping him. That would be I think interesting. Forge knows. That would I think be, it was also that's a red inter- herring. That's interesting. Yeah, I, that felt like misdirection to me. Like, we're supposed to think it's Forge, but it's really Legion. Oh, true. You but know? Legion, I guess... Oh, that's right. I, uh, you're right. Oh, fuck it. Fuck it all. Just go back to Uncanny. You know what I'm excited about? Um, so for Hickman's stuff... Um, so f- I read a really... You know, I don't think I shared this with you. I read a really great theory... Um, by this guy that does the Battle of the Atom podcast, saying what he thinks Hickman's Powers of Ten and House of X are all about. Um, and it's directly connected to Hickman's like pre-Secret Wars run on Avengers. I didn't read any of that. Did I, yeah. What was happening in that? Anything like... So it, it was like, it's so deep and hard to explain, but he had these new characters called gardeners and one of them was named ex nihilo and he started as a villain but then joined the avengers is this the one with sunspot and cannonball first joined yeah okay, okay. yeah 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 and so there's a lot of things that hickman set up in that avengers run and in secret wars that this guy is theorizing are going to kind of be continued in x-men so he's theorizing that the x-men are going to move to the moon um, he's theorizing that we're going to find out this character ex nihilo who it was established in Avengers is this guy who works for the celestials I want to say and tinkers with life to like make it blossom and, and he nurtures life he's a gardener so uh, there may be a connection to this guy creating mutants maybe um, okay and kind of uh, Professor Xavier kind of learning the origins of mutants um, and it not being what he ever thought, and that kind of changing his mission. Long story short, this is all to say <laughs> that in this theory, it's theorizing that Sinister is going to be the main villain because all of this, these these revelations about mutants' origins that are going to be uncovered are kind of like indirect conflict for what Sinister has always been about. I wish I could explain that more. I can't right now. So he's just saying that Sinister is going to be the big villain or going to be a major player. And the thing I love is, do you remember Sinister in Secret Wars, how he was like this dandy, bitchy, gay, hilarious character? No, because I hated Secret Wars and didn't read most of it. I forget what book Sinister... Sinister was in the main book, and then he was also in... He was key in one of the side books. I forget which one. He was in the main one This Mr. Sinister. everything? Yes. Oh. He, Hickman's Mr. Sinister is the fucking best, and I am so excited. If if this theory is correct, and Sinister does have a huge part to play, I mean, he was in Hickman's top five mutants with Emma and Magneto. Uh, we are in for a real treat, and I'm excited for that, and I'm done with Age of X-Men. Yeah, I've actually just recently reread um, X-Men the X-Men from issue 200 to like to I just finished Inferno. Get out. Yeah. 
I've just been reading oh it God, at night to help me go to sleep. And uh, yeah, that whole the whole sinister thing uh, with Inferno. I will just say, just the 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 plotting of having Madeline be betrayed, like the fact that he did not want Chris Claremont did not want Jean Grey to come back to life, and he had right. plans for Madeline. But he ended up using the fact that Cyclops left Madeline Pryor to be on X Factor with Jean, using that to fan her flames of making her take a deal with Nastrith, which then just immediately turned her evil. It's just the planning. It's just so brilliant of how subtly it happens over the issues. Like when you just read it over time, you're like, wow, he had this plan for so long. Oh, yeah, they set that up for a while. Yeah. It was great. God. Oh, Inferno. And part of me wonders, like, is that is that a bad thing in today's Me Too movement? Is it bad having someone turn evil because their husband left them? A woman scorned. Although I will uh, say... Such a staple in literature, right? I mean, but, Shakespearean... But at that point, she's not necessarily evil. She The only evil thing she did is decide to make the deal to get revenge. But then yeah. once she sold her soul, then she became really evil. So after yeah. that, but then it's like, but it's so funny how she's like, I'm going to, you left me, so I'm murdering our baby. And I'm like, that's yeah. extreme. Jesus. And that's then, of so course, good. Jean shows up. She's like, stop. Which does that. not help Madeline's state of mind. Oh my god, you just sent me some dandy sinister <laughs> I just texted you some key panels from Hickman's Secret Wars of his depiction of Sinister. Tell me you are not excited for this Sinister. I mean, I love it. I just, I have one request, is that he and Iceman fuck. Right. Well, I mean, Sinister was after Bobby for something. That Cena Grace run, yeah. Cena Grace seems to have parted um, on bad terms with Marvel. Oh, is he tweeting things? He tweeted some shade, a little, like a little bit of shade. um, But he he basically said that he and Marvel have broken up. Oh, yeah. Well, drama. Well, I guess maybe he's kind of like, oh, if I'm not writing a gay thing, then then you just don't want me to write anything yeah i wonder yeah. if they were just like he's like what else can i work on well we don't have, well, any gay we don't have character. anyone else you're gay. Like, well i'm a human being and i can write other people besides gay people i like i can't help but think that the name change of shade into dark veil has something to do with it like i, I don't know I'm, I'm dying to know what this story is yeah i don't want to invent one in my head otherwise i'll be disappointed yeah where does that leave us this leaves us with events. Um, two events I want to talk about. War of the Realms, which is epic in scope, and I dig it. Because it's bringing different characters together on teams, and I like it. And then we have the upcoming Absolute Carnage, which was kicked off uh, during Free Comic Book Day not too long ago. We are now entering the part of the show called Things Jeff Could Give a Fuck About. <laughs> Are you reading the main War of the Realms book? No, but I will. I will catch up with it. I read the. It's enjoyable. Atlas. No, that is fine. I'm War of the Realms. I'm all fine with. It's the Carnage thing. Oh, absolute Carnage! I have never liked Carnage. I've never liked Carnage, and now you're going to inflict him on us as like a book about with all the. I'm sick of also all the Spider-Man's 
there's too many yeah and what's up with like now the trend in spider-man books is hey this character is hunting all of the these characters who have this thing in common and half of them are going to die why it's like craven's doing it carnage is doing it what is carvin what carvin what is carnage is going after everyone who's had a symbiote at some point in their lives oh that's what absolute carnage is about Anyone who's touched a symbiote. I is, mean, if he's just gonna kill going to kill all of them, then I'm fine with that. I mean, I hope he kills Jimmy Hudson. Right. Is that whole thing from Blue X Men Blue? Is all of that the same people that are Carnage? I don't know. All it's right. anyone who's had a symbiote. Anyone. And it looks like Carnage takes over Eddie Brock in this free comic book day issue. I don't know. I just, yeah, I'm not going to Who cares? care. War of the Realms, though, is great. I thought the Agents of Atlas book was, was fun. Um, little too many new characters for me. I would also, a, here's my problem, one. is a lot of the characters just were too similar. Like, yeah. power-wise, not, like, personality-wise or anything. Yeah, I couldn't tell, like, who had wind powers, ice but powers. But it was like, I have wind power, ice power, water, water power, and then yeah. a fire power? I was yeah. like, that's so... What? What is this, Captain Planet? Like... Right! Like, why? Like, why can't they just have, like, different types of powers? Like, you know what I mean? Because then there's, like, the people that don't follow right. that. Like, Amadeus Joe. And, like, yeah, but it was just weird having elemental. Like, why? Like why? It's just weird to me. And, and um, Maybe I'll like well, it gl- as it goes on, but. Yeah. I'm glad you read it because it's got Shang-Chi, who you didn't know <laughs> last week or two weeks ago. He's fun. And it's He's also, fun. it's the first all East Asian Yes. Team. I thought it was going to be a more inclusive Asian, but no. Ms. Marvel was like, this is too East Asian for me. I'm going to go yep, back to the go. Champions. Pakistan. <laughs> Pakistan's got to go back west. I literally was like, no, Pakistani is not Asian enough for this team. <laughs> so funny. But um, I think that's Wiccan. just so great having all... Wait, Wiccan? Wiccan is on the cover, but he's not in the book. Oh, really? Yeah. But he's not Asian. I know. I thought that was just another character. That it was going to be. It was going to be a different character. I think it's Wiccan, but it's it's a very Korean centric team. Like the new characters they introduced are basically a team out of Seoul. Yeah. Well, who writes it? Greg Pak. Yes. Is he Korean? I don't know. It makes sense because. I love that there was like starting to reference things where like the part with the pear where he's like, what is this? And he's like, that's a Chinese pear. No, it's a Korean pear. And I just liked it. It was just kind of diving into like all Asians are not the same. Like we're all different. Like I, I I liked it. It was like, it was just refreshing to me seeing this. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a good book. Cause there is that thing of like, Oh, here's an, Here's an Asian character on the team. But now it's like, oh, we're actually just going to put all different Asian characters to show you that it's not just the same thing. Right. Is Silk, who? where did she come from? She was bitten the same day Peter was bitten, but she was in hiding. She was in hiding? She was bitten, she was bitten by the same spider 
And then uh, I, I forget, but she wasn't public about it. Until now. Yeah. Did she go to the same high school as him? I think so. I think like she was in the room. Um, cool. I liked it. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. And then I read um, the War of the Realms Strike Force. So War of the Realms Strike Force is going to be different one shots, each featuring a different team. This is the team who has to go to the Dark Elf Realm to destroy the Black Bifrost. And it's Thor's mom, Freja, uh, Robbie Reyes, Ghost Rider, Blade, She-Hulk, and Punisher. And it's all about embracing your negative emotions. How do they all get along? Great. They get along great. Uh, Jennifer, Blade, and Ghost Rider are Avengers together. Punisher is clearly not. But Punisher and Thor's mother have got um, a pretty interesting relationship. Thor's mother is looking to Punisher for a lot of guidance and advice. The regular Punisher? Yeah, Frank Castle. Wasn't he the one, but he was being used as like bait or something with his family? That's in a different book. That's in um, Savage Avengers. Oh, right. But wait, isn't Cosmic Ghost Rider Punisher? Yes, that's in a different book as well. A lot of Frank Castle iterations going around. But is he the same Frank Castle from the future as that Frank Castle? Yeah. So does he remember all of this? Oh, I don't know. It's so disconnected. I stopped reading the Cosmic Ghost Rider book. I didn't think it was that funny. Although but, the last one goes into X-Men history and a lot of Emma Jean stuff, I hear. What? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Well, I guess we have to read that. Guess Wait, but so. I just wonder, but does Punisher know that the Cosmic Ghost Rider is him from the future in that book? No. I don't even think he knows about Cosmic Ghost Rider. Oh. Wait, oh, Cosmic... not the same... Oh, there's no, a it's different. Robbie Reyes. Oh, it's a different it's Fast Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. Oh, it's Ghost sorry, Rider from sorry. Agents of Shield. Okay, that's why yes. I was confused. Okay. Yes. All right. Yeah. Well, um, good for that. It's good. It's good. Like Freja has to embrace. Like she has to become like a dark lord kind of thing. She has to embrace this like evil in her, and so she's like, I need a team that will understand that I'm going to turn into a monster in order to do this mission and cap. Uh, is like, here, talk to Punisher. <laughs> He'll give you good advice. Will he, embracing though? Embracing <laughs> the monster within. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a fun book. It's a fun team. You know, this we'll visit the War Avengers in another one shot, and we'll visit the um, Spidey, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Cap team in another one. Fun dynamics all around. Oh, and Robbie Reyes, Ghost Rider, that reminds me, um, not only is he getting his own show, but... Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. premiered last night. How was it? Good. Uh, They introduced an old gay black man onto the team. Is he he an established character? No, he's like this new character, some scientist they needed to talk to. And he's like, my partner died. Uh, But, oh, okay, so he's gay because he said my partner died. He wasn't just like, oh, look at these lab results. I know. Well, so, I don't know if you know who Mac from, but Mac is the new director of Shield, and Mac is this big, 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 beautiful man. And so I was like, Queen, you know damn well. As soon as you looked at Mac, you were like, I'm in. But he was like, No, I don't want to join your team. I'm like, Look at this man. You know, you damn well want to join this team. <laughs> uh, and he did. 
it was good. It seems like they're doing multiverse stuff because they left it last season that Coulson died for real. Um, but then they brought back Clark Gregg as a different character, a guy called Sarge, hmm. who was like from a different dimension. He's like an evil Coulson from a different dimension. Right. So, so is he like, it seems he's like the new big multiversey. bad. Yeah. That's fun. They're always thematically aligned. Although that's with where you're, the films. That, you're, it gets very dangerous when you enter the different versions, different time zones, different, uh, different time zones, different universes, different, uh, time periods time travel well evidently that's what's happening in spider-man far from home it's time travel in that no it's mysterio claims to be from earth 833 oh which one's 833 it's actually i'm glad you asked it's actually where spider-man uk is from it's a um 833 is a big captain britain uh alternate earth yeah well that's but he that's where the, all the numbers came from he refers mysterio refers to our earth as 616 yeah but that's the funny thing is that captain britain by alan moore yeah the omniverse yeah is who created that whole idea and the that's fact incredible because that's also people were like why is it 616 and it was like because when he was making the captain britain core he wanted it to sound like that earth was just another random earth Yep. Not anything special. Which I love much more than in DC, like Earth 1, Earth 2. Oh, I know. Oh. Um, that's actually why Mysterio probably says he's from 833 as a nod to, hey, this is what started all this numbering stuff, Captain Britain. So I'm from there. <gasps> Can Captain Britain show up in a future movie somewhere? Hell yeah. Oh! Oh, I would love that. I love Captain Britain, especially when they don't emphasize it too much now. But then I love the fact that his his suit relied on his confidence within himself. His bravery. Yeah, his bravery. So the more brave he was, the stronger he was. Like, that's so like, first of all, it's a very bad super suit. <laughs> I know. Because if anything honor. goes wrong, then you're going to get really weak. <laughs> So yeah, a lot of multiverse stuff popping up in the Marvel worlds. Well, exciting. Exciting. Very exciting. I'm very excited. I started this episode terrified, but now I'm optimistic and excited. Yes. What a journey. What a journey. And as most journeys do, they end. And yes. it's time for this to come to a close. All right, then. Uh, well, thank you so much. Hey, if you like this show, please give us a rating on iTunes, um, preferably a good one. Um, you can also hit us up with any questions or topics you want us to talk about at Comic Book Queers on any of the social medias. Um, and remember that if you read comics, well, my friend, that makes you a queer. queer. Super queer, baby. I know.